0: It's your fortnightly fix of the podcast for the parentally undecided. Welcome back to Maybe Baby. I'm your host, Kate Lawler.
2: And I'm the other one who keeps trying to get a word in edgeways. Bodge.
0: Because I won't bloody shut up. True. We managed to get a comedy legend as our next guest. The very shy and retiring Jenny Eclair.
2: I was quite starstruck with Jenny. Yeah. I don't know if you could tell that.
0: I could totally tell how starstruck. Tell? Yeah. Okay,
2: fine. Because <laughs> she, I remember her being on TV when I was growing up.
0: Yeah, so same. it's very,
2: very much of our kind of generation.
0: I've loved her forever. I actually want to be like Jenny Eclair when I finally decide to grow up.
2: 40 next year. I know. Fine. Still not grown up. Okay.
0: And we met, Jenny and I met on Big Brother's bit on the side, one of their final shows. She was lovely then. She's lovely now. And she texted me after we recorded this episode to say, Tell Bodge if I had any eggs left and I wasn't all dried up, I'd have his babies.
2: That's quite the compliment.
0: Yeah, I deleted that text straight away. Fine. Now, because we've spent so much time talking about the beginning of childhood, um, we wanted to speak to Jenny about what it's like to raise a child to adulthood. And I've got to say, I came away feeling so positive that having one child is absolutely fine. And as you'll hear, she did what was right for her even 29 years ago. And I imagine that there was even more pressure to have more than one child.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have to say, listening back on this episode, what really made me smile was how fondly she speaks about Phoebe. And how, despite having a career and so many other things going on, you can really tell how much yeah. she loves her, how much she loves the fact that she had her as well. So
0: proud. She's such a proud mum. And she's hashtag
2: m- proud mum. She's
0: hashtag proud mum. I don't have to repeat it. I've been it. on
2: Instagram this week, <laughs> and she's hashtag proud mum.
0: And it's really moving to hear just how close they are as a family still. But anyway, let's get to it. We'll be back after our conversation with Jenny Eclair. And, and a heads up, there's a few naughty words, so it's probably best you don't listen with kids around. this episode, we are talking about raising children, something our guest has made a smashing success out of. A hugely successful comedian, presenter, author and actor. She's also survived the jungle, finishing third in 2010's I'm a Celeb. I bet that took a few of your mothering skills. She's talked openly about the fact she wasn't around for a lot of Phoebe's early years as her career took off and the guilt that came with that. But now they're best of chums and we can't wait to hear all about it. It's Jenny Eclair. Yes, it is. Jenny. It's my good self. Oh,
1: Jenny. Well, found sounded fascinating in that introduction. <laughs> (laughs) I was thinking I'd like to meet her, whoever she is. It's a a joy to meet you both. It's not just you here, Kate. It's your fine, handsome, far-too-good-for-you partner. uh, Martin, he uh, he introduced himself earlier as Martin. He put a T in the Martin, as it is meant to be. So you've got a, a slight sort of relationship dilemma going on. Am I right? Oh, yeah, we're screwed. Well, that's one of the things you have to do to kind of get <laughs> over this hump. I know how happy Martin would be if he impressed Why doesn't he me. have them with another woman?
2: I think that's kind of gets in the way of the marriage thing, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you could keep it a secret. Be one of those terrible men that has a secret family. It's
2: very 1950s, Yeah, isn't, isn't
1: it? <laughs> just. And you could sort of work for the military as well and, and sort of be basically be a spy with a secret family. Okay,
0: I need to ask some questions. Kate, how old are you? We've got questions for you. Ah, so this is the sticking point. And this okay. is why we're doing the podcast because okay. now more than ever I'm thinking, I need to make a decision. Are your eggs drying up? I'm 39.
1: Oh, you don't look it. Thank you. Well, you see, she won't be able to wear those pleather jeans if she starts <laughs> dropping kids, you know. Your pleather jeans will be over.
0: My Auntie Pat always wore pleather jeans, and I think she still does, and she's well into her 60s. With massive a uh, case of thrush. <laughs> um, OK, so 39, yes. Well, we must point out that Bodge is... 35, 35, yeah. Oh
1: younger, Mm. but sort of more mature. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. In some respects. Like a man. Yeah. And you're still girl.
0: I am. Honestly, Jenny, I don't feel my age, but it is, it has got to the stage now where when I turned 38, I was like, right. Is it going to be more difficult if I do decide to have them, and will I will I regret not doing it? I'm in such a dilemma. I've never been so confused about a decision it's, in all my it's life. A big
1: one, isn't it? I wouldn't have me on giving you any advice. I'm the last person. I got pregnant accidentally because uh, I was probably very drunk, <laughs> um, but I am with still with the father. Um, so I accidentally got pregnant when I was twenty eight. And very, it was ridiculous. I went into the bathroom. I'd already been going out of this boat since I was 22. So it wasn't sort of, you know, some one-nighter, you know, yeah. down a back alley. Uh, it was in a bed and everything, you know. It was like a proper relationship sex. <laughs> not, even, not even that good. You know? run of the mill. One of those really dull Wednesday night, you know. <laughs> um, and I remember taking this pregnancy test into... I'd been to Greece and I felt absolutely ghastly. And my sense of smell had gone through the roof. And I came home and took this pregnancy test into the bathroom. And that was the first time I felt really like I'd done something naughty. There's something about seeing a positive pregnancy test that makes you feel like you're 15 and you've done the worst thing. <laughs> That you know, that your mum's going to be absolutely furious. And then you sort of go into a hot sweat and start thinking, oh, I have to have an abortion, I have to and then you sort of think, hold on, I'm 28, and with this bloke, we've got a flat, there's a spare bedroom. This was the um late 80s, early 90s. People had stuff, you know. You could live in London and have a house and cars and, and things and bedrooms. Yes. By the time I was 30, I had a four-story Georgian house with a I had a British racing green Daimler outside so I had all the stuff. Killing it. I know I know this is sort of so many years pre-Brexit shit that people (laughs) had stuff and you could kind of the 90s were very good for people like me so I I, I was pregnant and I had this sort of instinct that I'm, I'm not a very fertile person I'd always had sort of periods but not very regular and I just had an instinct that it would never ever happen again. So I just sort of thought, right, I'm going to do it. And I was a uh, slight bit of laziness as well. I was a stand-up, but I wasn't <laughs> really doing that brilliantly. And I thought, maybe this is my chance to sort of opt out and Because he had a proper job. He was the art editor of the TV Times. And he was like a grown-up. He's always been 12 years older than me. He never gets any younger. He's 70 now. How Imagine that. Yeah. I know. I'm like living with a bloke with a bus pass. <laughs> <laughs> How sexy is that? It's great, actually. He's got a mane of white hair. Uh, nice. like, yeah, he's, everyone wants him to be Father Christmas. You have people at local schools saying, you know, your bloke, he could be a great Father Christmas for the kids. Anyway... Uh, He was delighted. That was the other thing that made things easier. Because I sort of came out of this bathroom saying, I'm pregnant, and I just thought he could go one of two ways. He could go, Jesus Christ, no. Or whoop, and he did the whoop thing.
0: Did you know before you got pregnant accidentally? Did you feel you were ready for kids?
1: It wasn't really crossing my mind because at the time I was just gigging, but I wasn't on the pill I'd, I'd had an eating disorder very early. I know, people look at me and go, get out of it, you fat cow. You know, you can recover, but you can't recover that
0: well, Just surely. for the record, Jenny is a great shape. In I'm, great shape. I'm
1: a bit, a chunky size 14, you know, but there was a time when I was a, a very slight size six and I was anorexic for uh, several years at drama school from 19 to about 23 and I, my periods didn't come back till I was about 26. So mm. I was actually quite lucky to, that my fertility kick-started itself. Yeah. And I get, you know, that was part of it. I just thought, this is, you know, I bet I've barely got any eggs and this one is just, you know, deserves a chance. And then I thought I'd probably miscarry because, you know, it's so common, people do. But none of my friends had started having babies. But, of course, I was the the, the sort of team leader and then they all started copying <laughs> me like the copycats they are. <laughs> Did you
2: find that weird that you... Had Phoebe first, and there wasn 't that kind of same support network, I suppose, in a way well,
1: they caught up pretty quickly, my friends they as I said, they all jumped on the same baby bandwagon pretty quickly. My sister was pregnant, she oh God because she's an older sister, and her nose was really put out of joint because we uh, she was like. You know, of course, the only pregnant woman in the world. She was 30, it was her first baby. And we went to the theatre and she was three months pregnant or five months pregnant. And I was just pregnant as well. And she was saying to some uh, usherette, I need to sit down, I am a pregnant woman. And I just said to her, yeah, me too. And she was so absolutely, you know, as sisters can only be. Why have you, why, have you done that? mine, why, why, But I'm the pregnant one. And, and and my parents, because my, my partner and I weren't married, and my mother went into some kind of fucking northern, stupid, middle-class tailspin when I phoned her up to say I was pregnant. And she said, well, I'm not very happy about that. You're not married. <laughs> and I put the phone down on her. Oh, dear. And then my dad phoned back uh, and he went, well, I am delighted and she's she has apologized since. But I have I only had one. Listen, I am not I'm not one of those sort of evangelical mummy. You know, it's the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. I, I really just feel that women are under and men are under terrible pressure. And I, I think you can feel very much that you're missing out. But I also know women who whose children have made them very unhappy, not permanently, but for huge chunks of their life, have absolutely ruined years. Of their mother's lives by being cunts, basically. Do you hear that?
2: (laughs) Well, do you know what? This is actually kind of why we're doing this, because it's as much... If you read in the press or the internet or wherever else, you always get that, oh, being a mother is fantastic and having kids are wonderful and everything like that. And really why we wanted to do this is to go, what is it... Actually like. Yeah. like, if it's actually really shit, then let's hear how shit yeah. it is.
0: Yeah, and we've spoken about trying for a baby, uh, being pregnant, the birth, the first six months. But why we're interested to talk to you is just because we would like to get a kind of scope I've of, done it for 30 years, yeah, darling, 30 years. You're an old-timer. Uh, to take us through this kind of, like, milestone events, the, mm. the life events that, you know, we've I did had. opt
1: out of it uh, quite a lot because, uh, you know, you mentioned in your intro that um, I self-confessed, that Phoebe has two mothers. And uh, I was very lucky in so much that I had n- not nannies, because that sounds like, you know, they're full on Mary Poppins and mm. they have a Gladstone bag and an umbrella. <laughs> uh, in, fact, in actual fact, I had my first one was a Northern girl that I put a, a postcard up in Safeway. Safeway doesn't even exist anymore, I don't oh, think. Oh, wow. showing your age now, Jenny. <laughs> supermarket just on the notice board saying girl needed to help with kid, you know. And this girl turned up. And she's from the north and she'd never been to London. She didn't know what Brie was. And she lied about smoking and she was a smoker. And she, I loved her dearly. And anyway, um, she lasted for three years and then she did something so dreadful I had to sack her. But we were really laughing when I sacked her. I said, you know I have to sack you. She goes, yeah, I know. Uh, and then... Can we I got, ask what? Can you tell oh, us? Yeah. She left my child with an arsonist. Okay, can I, <laughs> I'm moving on. and um, And then I found Vanessa. And Vanessa has been with me ever since. Vanessa... Um, I met in a charity shop and she had a child with her that I knew wasn't hers. And I just thought, this is the woman I want to look after my children. I said, are you a childminder? She said, yes. I said, do you you want any more? (laughs) And she said, I could take on another. And and literally, I mean, you know, Vanessa helped until Phoebe was nearly 30. (laughs) I mean, it was one of those things where you just go, OK, we we have to stop this because we are all kind of locked into this ridiculous relationship. But... We're still very close with Vanessa to the point where um, when uh, Mamma Mia 2 came out, you know, is it three or four potential dads? Well, you know, sort of we went together, me, Phoebe and uh, Vanessa, and we sort of, you know, we felt like we're the two mothers. And I, I genuinely believe that one of the reasons why Phoebe is quite a reasonable human being is because she wasn't entirely brought up by her mother. Jenny, no. that's
0: a lie. No,
1: I'm you know I'm incredibly selfish, and um, and and I think that's very difficult if you want to have a career. And there was nothing that struck me more than having a child than realizing. Christ, I need my career, because yeah. I was so bored. Yeah. As soon as she came out, it was like, sort of oh, right, so you want me to feed it now?
0: What was the first year of motherhood like for you? Terrible. Her, was it? it? I think it's Gosh. really
1: hard because, I mean, the, the, the first few minutes are the worst because you've just had this sort of birth thing, which wasn't that bad. I've had worse gym classes, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, she was quite quick. It was so, uh, an hour and a half. I Go know. Phoebe. Yeah, and I'm quite bendy, so I sort of <laughs> did it quite... I was I was squatting. I did it on my feet with my knees sort of up. Okay, like you know, women traditionally do in other cultures. Uh, definitely not on my back. That's your first hint. Um, Writing that down. And okay. then um, I was very cold after I. I suddenly got very chilly and, and shock, and I started shivering. And I, all I wanted to do was go home to my mum and be put in my childhood single bed and have a bath and be looked after and brought up tomato soup and Jacob's crackers and not have this awful responsibility. Unfortunately, they let me stay in hospital for a while because I went a bit mad. I was convinced really? there was something wrong with her and then they realised that I was a bit... Mm-mm-mm. So they kept him in hospital for nearly a week because uh, they didn't trust me with the kid. And then they let you go and then you had to put this thing in the car and we only had to drive half a mile from King's and I... I thought everyone was trying to kill us. You know, every car, every bus. It was horrific. And then we we sat with her, sort of in this basket. It was like a proper basket, you know, <laughs> on the bed, just watching her. Until my sister came around and said, "You can't just do that. You have to leave the room sometimes." But I, I've always been a very phobic, mother, and I think that a lot of the time I haven't enjoyed it because I've been petrified, petrified every single day about her safety even now and she's 30 she phoned me this morning my initial instinct is to shit myself when i see her phone number coming my up.
2: mum does that to be fair when i phone her she goes Madin, and i'm like yeah like it's a command and i'm like yes and i'm like my name comes up on your phone Mum. she goes okay good so she's just worried that i'm phoning from i don't know
1: from but, hospital from, from prison, prison from you know anywhere love is a terrible thing
0: is that common? Have you spoken to friends about that? How, like, do they feel the same when they see their daughter's name or their son's name? Do they immediately think the worst?
1: Um, I'm a particularly bad case. I'm a catastrophist, so that has made mothering very difficult because she li- still lives quite near but not with me anymore. And sometimes, you know, she'll say, oh, I'm having my hair done, I'll come around afterwards. And it'll be getting late, and I think she should be here by now. And I, I really have stopped myself from phoning the hairdressers to see if she's still there. <laughs> and uh, yeah I,
0: I i find it
1: still Incredibly hard.
0: So how did you feel the first day that you wasn't with her 24 hours a day, the first day you dropped her off? Was it, would it have been nursery or would it have been school to let her go and be in the responsible hands of teachers oh, and it, you didn't see her it was for a it few was, hours? It was,
1: it was years before nursery. I dumped her. On My sister had a live-in nanny. My sister was, had a lot more money than me. She had a live-in Scottish nanny for her child and I got a beer commercial in Austria And I was still breastfeeding. Phoebe was about five months old. And I saw a beer commercial. It was money, you know, it was over a grand. And so I dumped her off on this nanny and flew to Austria. And I had to express the milk in the toilets. I was in absolute agony. I mean, my tits were exploding on the plane. And oh, um, just because there was. Because there's no, I wasn't feeding. I wasn't, feeding. Right, I wasn't okay. feeding. So I was having to go to the toilet and, and milk myself yeah. into a lavatory, which is a very glamorous thing to do. <laughs> wow. And, um, and luckily the door was locked there, because yeah, that yeah. would have been a strange
2: one to then my-
1: <laughs> I came back and she, w- Phoebe wouldn't look at me for three days. I mean, literally turned her head. Really? Yeah. At
0: five months old? Yeah,
1: yeah. She's always been quite judgmental.
0: (laughs) I love that. A judgmental newborn. Yeah,
1: yeah. She's always been very clever. What was she like
0: as a child, going from, like, toddler to... In primary school years, what was she like then?
1: I mean, she's very much an only child, and I have no regrets about that whatsoever. And uh, I think that it means that her... Her personality is very undiluted. She's very her because she's not affected by a sibling at all. So there's nobody rubbing her personality into any other shape. I mean, apart from being overly adored and overly put on a pedestal and so finding it very difficult to... Still can't deal with teasing, even though I do tease quite a lot. But, you know, there's quite a lot of rough and tumble that Mm comes from being a sibling that she can't get.
2: Were you an only child? No, I'm
1: one of three. I'm a, I'm a middle. I'm such a middle.
2: Sometimes I think, and maybe this is my naivety, but sometimes if you have an only child, it's quite easy to spoil them and yeah. then they don't become as well adjusted, Just yeah. kind of... all that. ...those bits. But do you... Is it really the case? I mean... Yeah. Oh, okay, fine.
1: She's <laughs> ruined! No, uh, especially because of Vanessa, because Vanessa is was, you know, the best thing that came into our lives. So mm. Vanessa... You know, she really put a stop to any nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I, but I do remember a terrible thing I did to her, which was um, when she was about eight. I'd been earning a lot of money um, and a lot of guilt and all that sort of thing. And it was Christmas, and bought her all the toys. And then Jeff said, who's working the TV Times, said someone's selling a pink electric guitar. I said, you want that? Get that as well. <laughs> and uh, she hated it. She looked at this guitar and the, the anguish in her face because she said later that she thought, oh, God, they want me to be a pop star and I don't want to be a pop star. And it was a real lesson that you, they don't want everything.
0: No. What was your funniest memory of Phoebe as a teenager?
1: Um, she was <laughs> pre-teen. She was very experimental with her clothes but, but <laughs> didn't quite get it right. And I remember, I remember sort of walking behind her, um, quite a few steps behind her in Knightsbridge once, and there were these rather chic French girls sitting on a bench who were all in sort of you know very neat jeans and everything matchy matchy, and they were pointing and laughing at her. Oh, and same. there was a bit of me that was terribly proud of her, but there was a bit of me going, "Yeah, you look like a fucking clown." <laughs> <laughs> but she was, uh, she she was. A, a very, th- th- She wasn't a naughty teenager at all. I mean, she, there was only one time she lied about going to a party. She was, said she was going to her friend Katie's house, and she wasn't. She was going to a party in Croydon. But um, she v- didn't lie much. She felt she had to lie, but she was rubbish at lying. She, I remember once she got very angry and she scribbled on a wall when she was younger, and then she came down. And she wrote a note saying... I'm really sorry about the scribble on the wall, but just because I've said sorry doesn't mean to say it's me.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. She could work for the government, to be fair. That's the kind of double speak that we, <laughs> uh, we're used to now.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. She sounds like a good child, a good, well behaved yeah. teenager. Did she ever get into really big trouble? No, never. She's never. She once stole something
1: when she was very small in a buggy and she took put something, you know, they have blankets over and she put mm-hmm. something under the blanket, like a soft toy. But I think that for Phoebe, it was always sort of... She felt she had to do something a bit rebellious. It was always against her better nature and her sort of... She's always had a very very developed moral compass, much more so than me. You know, I'm a liar and a thief (laughs) and a cheat.
2: We what? should check we've got everything in the studio after we leave. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs>
1: Dell laptop might go missing. Cause, uh, Those Bose
0: headphones you. are not hers. Yeah,
1: and that, but that computer of yours won't. I tell you, you can get your laptop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which age is the hardest? I think
1: that's a really good question because uh, you swap one problem for another. And the thing about when they're little is that you can deal with their problems and, and if you can't deal with their problems, you can buy them a cheer-up Barbie or, you know, some sort of little treat. Yeah. You can distract them. But as they get older, the problems become things that you can't solve. So um, the big, I think she was at her most unhappy uh, when she left university and she came out and thought, ''Here I am in the world. Where's my job? What do I do?'' And she came home to live and we'd sort of got used to her not being at home. And then we, the two of us are kind of looking at each other going, oh, shit, you know, what what happens now? And she was that was when she was 22 because she did a year at drama school before she went to Oxford. And she admits now she felt the world owed her a bit of a living and she had to really start right at the bottom. And the relief when she got her first job, and she's never had a proper full-time job, you know, not like a job job, but, uh, you know, she got an apprenticeship at Battersea Arts Centre, which was basically cleaning toilets and serving coffee and learning how to run an arts venue. And But I was so relieved. God, I, you know, it's... And that's still now, you know, she's a, a writer and you sort of... That's why sometimes when she phones up, I think, oh, shit, <laughs> what's gone wrong now? Yeah. You know. But she's been really successful, right? She's she's, like- she is. Uh, well, yes, she's successful. I mean, I never want anybody to be really successful before yeah. they're 40. I think... Early success can be such a poison chalice and I think that you want to plod along actually for quite a long time in your career mm. and you want to uh, sort of have such a, a career base that you can you can go away for a while and come back in. I mean, I think for for a lot of people in the creative scene like we are, having more than one child, you have to be so successful, mm. you know, and I was never that successful. I think you have to be as successful as sort of...
0: Why do you think that?
1: Jennifer Saunders. And you need the money, the, just the money to pay for two children in childcare and all that kind of thing, it's its crippling.
0: That's the only reason, though, you think?
1: No, I don't. I think that some people are much more maternal than others. I think some... Uh, you know, i when I went through my maternal phase, I thought I was going to have five little girls all with names beginning with P. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to call them the clarettes.
2: <laughs> and I wanted like them... Like a Motown band. Yeah, That's sing good. close
1: harmony and make me some money. Yeah. <laughs> But as soon as I had one, I knew that there, there wouldn't be any more.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price,
2: priceline. You said when Phoebe was twelve, that's when you kind of really came into her life. Yeah. Um and obviously didn't replace Vanessa because Vanessa was there as well. Yeah. So and you mentioned Vanessa that.
1: did stop working for us then. Oh she did stop, yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: How did you find that point? Because that must be quite difficult to suddenly come into a 12 year old's life in a much bigger way. And you're like, yeah, I'm here.
1: Which is when the 12 year old really doesn't want. Yeah. You know, is is ready for for sort of the parent to back
2: the fuck off, you
1: know. (laughs) And suddenly I was there at the school gates going, hello.
2: (laughs) Embarrassing them in front of their parents. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I just sort of, and then became a bit smothering and, uh, cotton wooling and the fear set in then that's when the fear really set in because that's when they start doing their own thing and walking home and sort of not telling you they're just going to go to a mate's house for a cup of tea mm. and and then being an hour and a half late and at this point you know I've got helicopters out <laughs> um I mean, this is all pre-mobile phone as well.
0: I've got to say, I, I was surprised to hear that Phoebe was a good... Because I thought all the teenage years would be terrible for no. any mum.
1: I was so awful that really you're kind of bracing yourself, aren't you, for all kinds of rubbish going on. And, but no, she, she's always been quite good. She's, she's, as I say, she's got a, a better moral compass than I have. Her father's a very nice man. I still have toddler and baby envy, even though, you know, I'm quite happy with what I got. (laughs) Um, Sometimes in the supermarket, this child, and it was just porcelain-faced redhead with curly, dark, Red hair, and I just could have eaten her. She was so delicious. I've got a real thing. I'm. Uh, it's a kind of weird broodiness that returns in your late fifties. You wow, know.
0: even then, I
1: think so because it's sort of time for grandparenthood, isn't it? Even though mm. Phoebe just is not anywhere near deciding about babies. And has she spoken about it? Does she want them? I sometimes say, "When are you going to have a baby?" <laughs> So, After then, this we'll,
2: podcast, you won't be able to say that, will you? No, I, I think <laughs> it's. A, I, I, I don't
1: really say that because I think it's a terrible thing for a mother to say to a daughter. Mm. I think it's a, the great unsaid, actually, because you know the worst thing. It's, just, it's an awful expectation to put on on a thirty something, but it's there. You, you know, your body clock is doing that thing, although that. Uh, what's her name? That's married to what's his face? Help me out here. James Bond. Okay, <laughs> oh, Daniel yes. Craig. Work back. He's oh, married what's her to face? Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weiss. How is old she? is she? Just had a baby. Forty-seven or something like that. See. Really? Yes. Yes. Uh, who knows whether it's a surrogate or or somebody else's egg or whatever, it might be an alligator egg, I don't know. That would be um, interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scaly baby. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh. Do you know alligator eggs? I was doing this voiceover for a programme on uh, baby animals. Now, that makes me quite broody. As I sort <laughs> of look at lactating lambs feeding, my nipples kind of twist a bit. That's really <laughs> weird, isn't it? But alligators, when they're still in their eggs, the, the baby alligators are in their eggs, and there's three eggs there. Because they that they come in little groups, they talk to each other like within the in, eggs. Within the eggs, to Inside. their siblings, and they're basically saying it's time to hatch now. <laughs> and then they come out with they they've got a funny tooth on the end of their. Nose and they break out of the egg with And her-
2: then they grow big and no. pull people off the shore. They're so horrific. I'm so scared of them.
1: They but are you the are, nastiest, you? They're the sweetest things to start with, and the nastiest. I shouldn't talk oh. about this because when we're talking about how babies change and alter, <laughs> don't think about alligators because
2: <laughs> we're going to yeah. have a baby alligator yeah, and That's it's going to pull me have. into the river. It's
1: the sweetest little thing when it was born and then it turns into an almighty git. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I did change my mind. Yes. I'm not Would you help, yeah? No, I find them really boring now. I like making faces at toddlers. I'm, I'm at that <laughs>
0: stage, but... If I did change my mind, has um, said before that he wants more than one. Mm. And I said the compromise is one. Um, pros and cons of having one child.
1: Oh, it's so much cheaper. I mean, literally. Mm. Uh, it's just, Especially nowadays,
0: right? It, yeah, I,
1: I just think that... It isn't bad to have one as long as you're, you're quite good at letting them have friends around. When I Vanessa was working for me, because as I said, I had quite a big house at that stage, it was a really scruffy old dump, we had to do it up, <laughs> but we had this big basement. And so she had two other children, um, so she child minded in my house and used that as the base, okay, for quite a lot. So they she was brought up with ah. you know other kids, and that that. I think helped because it wasn't just everybody staring at this one child.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Mm. So if I went back to work, we could just give the baby to a childminder that has other children, and then yeah. it'll be like they have brothers and sisters.
1: Yeah. There Is Vanessa know. still
0: working? Uh, she. I,
1: I, I promise you that um, she's a teaching assistant now. But if you, I would say that she's that she should start a school, a training school for nannies. She was never trained or anything like that. She just got it.
0: What would you say to anybody? Because I do feel like not wanting a child is still... It's not socially accepted even today. People I agree look with you. at me and I get the. But why?
1: Yeah. Oh, why why you? you'll change your mind yeah. when you have one of your own. Sarah Millican also again is very good on this. She never wanted one. She sort of is delighted still in her forties not to have one. Um, she's got a great career. She loves her dog. She loves her husband. Um, she's having. Oh, I think she's in Europe at the moment gigging. She's having a great time with absolutely no regrets. But I think they're equally um there are i do know of a couple of women uh, that have written books uh there's a, a great writer called Elizabeth Day who wrote a great uh, fiction novel called uh, the party but she's also written a book she's got a podcast about failing and there's a chapter in that about failing to have a child uh, you know sort of suddenly being in your 40s and realizing and going through IVF and it not being successful and uh, it's quite a heart-rending you know for some people it's cool and for other people it's not cool mm. and I think but that's life isn't it i mean life isn't there You know, some of us, my mum's still alive. Some people lose their mums when they're sort of in their 20s. Life just isn't there. Mm. And there are sort of, we've all got regrets and sort of painful things that we have to kind of cart around with us. I am really glad um, I had a child. I am really glad it turned out to be Phoebe. I'm really glad I didn't have any more. I think the risk element of having one I didn't like because I'm not a very maternal person would have been high
2: cause with your partner did he ever want
1: more than one i think he knew i wasn't really capable of it i think he knows my <laughs> limitations and he adored her um and also he got dumped a lot with a lot of it because obviously I was very precious about writing and doing things and then I'd go off to gig in the evening. So quite often Vanessa would leave at six when Jeff came home from the TV Times and I'd be going off to gig and, you know, he'd be past the baby and he was already 40, 41 or something when she was born. So there was a lot of uh, childcare going on for him in throughout his 40s. He had a full-time job and a kid to come home to. But their relationship through her teens, which is often when girls really sort of kind of go very far away from their fathers. They were very close-knit throughout their teens because I was away a lot by this point. So they'd go on holiday. They'd sort of like spend, hang out together. They'd go to art galleries. They're still incredibly close. And, you know, I'm quite glad that my career did that because it was one of the bonuses of it. Mm.
0: That's quite a lot of responsibility, isn't it? Being handed a child off, you've been at work all day. Yeah.
1: But he was never a drinker. He was never one of those blokes that wanted to go to the pub. Mm. He's you, a nice man. He's far too good for me.
0: Oh, I'd like to meet your husband. Oh, he's George, great. Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> oh Jeff. Oh, George I... from? She said <laughs> Jeff a thousand times, you she stupid don't... cow. Yeah. Going back to Sarah Millican, quickly. Yeah. I only started thinking about this recently when I was asking a lot of friends and people in the podcast about having children. And anyone who's had a child can tell you what life was like before they had a child and after. So they can say, I'm really glad I did it. But anyone who hasn't had a child can go, I'm really happy with my life the way it is, but they still don't know what it would be like to have one. So they can only tell you one side. I've spoken to people who are in their forties and who have waited and then had kids and gone, oh, it's the best thing I've ever done. I wish I got on the baby train mm-hmm. sooner. I wish I could have had more, but I left it too late because I've had one. So I do think I kind of, I've got to listen to women who have done both, who have not had children and had children. The
1: interesting thing would be, by someone who admitted to having had a child and regretted it
0: there's loads of those stories on the internet and i asked on twitter i said it's a personal question so feel free to email me i won't share your stories and Mm. i got a few people actually email me and the people i found that regret having children are the people that had them when they were really young in their early 20s so they didn't get a chance to kind of do all the things they should have done as a 20 Mm. year old instead they were thrown into motherhood or fatherhood and Then kind of come 40, they were like, oh man, I wish I'd done that when I was younger. But 40 is never too late, right? We've spoken about this before, about how you think it would be important to have more than one. I don't know any different. I grew up in a family, two sisters and a brother. And it was the best fun having my sisters and my brother around. But I know that if we had just one, I would make more of an effort to make sure that baby or that child was socialised. Because you wouldn't want to live in London. There's
1: plenty going on. There's
2: loads of baby yoga.
1: Yeah.
2: that weird guitar person who sings and you have to all sit in the park. The wheels
1: of the bus. Yeah, the, the wheels, wheels of the, the bus. The man. Um, yeah, what I used to do with Phoebe, because uh, you'd go on holiday and you'd have your lonely only, and there'd always be a big, fat, cheerful family on the beach yeah, with a big <laughs> rug, and you'd go, Phoebe, just go, sit on the corner, sit on the corner of the rug. <laughs> and uh, I used to train her from a very early age say, hello, my name is Phoebe.
2: So she was good at socialising. So she
1: could do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did good push tip. her, I did really push her.
2: What's the worst time that you've embarrassed Phoebe?
1: Um, I don't think I've ever embarrassed her on one occasion. I think, no, she's she's always sort of really championed me, like loyalty, the way loyalty works. You know, she's allowed to slag me off, but nobody else is. Mm. <laughs> so even at this age, in this sort of 2019, she went to a wedding or something recently, and somebody made some snide comment about the Vajisan ad, and Phoebe um, really stuck up for me. You know, she's, no, she's, my, she's we're, on a, we're a team, fun. there's only three of us. We're a tripod, you take one leg away and we fall over.
0: Oh, I love that. You guys that sound like nice. such good friends. That's how I'd want it to be if I was a man It is, it's,
1: you know, at its best. But don't, you know, don't put a rose tint on it because I so get on her tits, you know. We're together for about two and a half hours and I'll say something really stupid and annoying and she. you can just see the withering contempt. She's got. God, you know, because I'm a
0: mum, I'm annoying. I'm going to be an old mum, aren't I? If I ever do decide to have a kid, yeah. well, you
1: better get on with it then. If you, you don't want to be that much older, then do I you? I can't
0: be bothered. <laughs> I hate kids.
1: <laughs> There's an, I can see that. I think laziness is is kind of rearing its head there. It's
0: not laziness. Do you know what it's it is? it's a
1: little bit lazy.
2: You're lazy. That's what you are. Just remember that. I just
0: love my life the way it is. I just want it to stay like this. I want us to be able to just go on a holiday and just do what we do all the time. Everyone's like, you can still do that though. You can do what you want. Just take the baby. It's just a lot of responsibility. Do you know what it is? I'm selfish.
2: I've said this to you. I'll stay at home, you know, for three months, six months, because you can split, you know, maternity and paternity now. I'd quite like to look after a child. Especially with Kate's career being more in a, you know, entertainment business, it's more contract based. So you can't just go away. So I think I would probably I'd definitely play a bigger role than maybe what Kate thinks I would. Because Kate thinks I'll dad. have a kid and then I'll go I, to the pub and leave.
1: I think the worst thing that could happen is to find out you couldn't you couldn't conceive particularly easily and then you might start feeling quite resentful and angry and Such a tricky one. I can see why you've got this dilemma. It's a a proper dilemma.
0: It is. Here's a question for you. If you knew you could, if you go back in time and you knew that you would be able to have Phoebe when you were 38, would you go back and would you not have a baby until you were 38? No, I'm really glad
1: I had her at 28. Really? It was the best kick up the arse for me that I needed at that time in life because she is the reason why my career um is what it is today because i realized at that stage i was going to have to work a lot harder so that i could afford childcare because i realized i couldn't be a stay-at-home mother because i didn't like it because i find babies quite boring
0: okay great answer
1: very good answer yeah i
0: was hoping you'd say yeah but you know what i mean you sound like you've had a very colorful life and you've had a really successful career so you've done both
1: a colorful life means you've been a bit of a (laughs) slag
0: Not at all. But you've done everything. You've, having one child, having your career, you've done both things, right? Because there's just so much pressure on women. Not so much nowadays, but the role of a mother has changed over the, especially the last 20 years. Like more women are oh, working the,
1: mums. I found work a lot easier. Sometimes i pretend I had gigs and I'd sort of hand the baby over to Jeff and I'd go sit in the pub for two <laughs> and a half hours.
0: What would you say to anybody sitting on the fence now listening to this podcast who can't make up their mind on whether to have a child?
1: That's almost impossible to answer, because you either flick a coin and go with, you know, that, which is ridiculous. But then I think if you say, right, I'm going to flick a coin, heads, I have a baby, and it comes out tails, and you say, right, best of three, have the baby.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure that's, no. A bit too much risk there. Yeah. <laughs> bit too much risk. I prefer to control that.
0: The most common answer I've got from everybody I know who's had a baby and I've said, what is it really like? Not one person has said, don't do it, it will ruin your life. And I honestly think that they would be honest with me. If, you know, if uh, having a baby really had ruined their life, they'd tell me, right? Everyone's said the same thing, though. It's interesting. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but the most joyful thing you'll ever do.
1: And the the most painful and the most sort of terrifying and the most all the things. It's like a skydive. I've never done that. Okay. I would shit myself all the way down. You're not doing i I'm a celeb? No, I didn't have to. I was, I canoed Lucky in. bitch. Very <laughs> easy, I know. I had a really, yeah, that, and then we, it was me and Dom Jolly, we went in late and um, we, we canoed in. And then we had to spend a night by ourselves in <laughs> yeah, a shack full that. of snakes. Having kids was
2: still more painful than that.
1: More frightening, still more frightening. Having something you love and the prospect of losing the thing you love is the most frightening thing in the world. So it's quite cowardly not having children. Oh. There you go. They, they both looked at me.
0: They both gave me a proper dagger just there. <laughs> Jenny and Claire, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Um, you have made me think it will be all right. It's all right. Yeah, you have. A couple of episodes before I was like, no, nah, still not convinced. But I think speaking to somebody who's done it and gone through the motions and all those life events... You come out all right? I'm all right. Jenny, thank you so much. Um, We'll put you down for babysitting duties if we ever decide to have one. I'll give you Vanessa's phone number. (laughs) Jenny Eclair, ladies and gentlemen, the first person to use the C word on Maybe Baby.
2: This is a great way of telling if my mum actually listens to this podcast, because I know as soon as she hears that, I'll get a WhatsApp. Ah,
0: yes. Martin!
2: Martin, this word is not right. Why do you broadcast word?
0: Martin, I love Jenny Eclair, but she has a mouth like a sewer. <laughs> um, do you know what? That was a wonderful insight into how you make having a child work when you have a career that you really don't want to give yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and I almost envy Phoebe, in a way, for having her parents and Vanessa raising her. That's so- what we
2: need, actually. We need a nanny... In the middle.
0: Vanessa, if you are listening to this podcast, give us a call. We'll
2: have to find a safe way to put a card in. We'll have to do, yeah. We'll have to go back in time and put a card <laughs> in the safe way. There's a Sainsbury's nearby. We could do it in there. Oh,
0: I used to love Safeway. What
2: happened to Safeway? Anyways, It turned important. into
0: Morrison's, babe. How did it? Yeah.
2: Not important.
0: I'm pretty sure it did.
2: We'll just move on. <laughs> Let's just move on. Not key to this podcast. No one cares. Um, there's so many stories with Jenny, but I think the one for me is the arsonist story. So I want to understand oh a bit more. So she said that her childminder left her kid with an arsonist. So how
0: did this work? Did Jenny and Claire come home and find the arsonist teaching Phoebe how to do arson?
2: Or well, did the, the childminder drop him off and, and they were like, "I'm just a bit busy with a petrol can and a lighter"? She's like, "No, can you please just help me out here?" And he's like, I've, "It's a he." Could have been a she. It wasn't, though, was it? It's always blokes. We're, who likes fire? Blokes like fire because we're idiots.
0: I like fire. Let's move on. Fine. I totally see um, where Jenny's coming from in loving something so much that you are completely terrified of losing it. Look how I panic when I can't find Shirley or Baxter in the park. Yeah. I lose it. I, I'm such a catastrophist as well. I immediately think they've been stolen. I think I'd be the same if I had a baby. I'm just a natural-born worrier.
2: I, I would worry if our baby just ran off in the park chasing squirrels. But that would be Shirley's influence on the baby. So that's understandable. <laughs> um, I mean, I've never seen anyone like wake up at night and be like, babe, I've got MS. I'm like, what? <laughs> Where? Why? Do Why that? do you... Is that you today. i like I
0: tapped you on the shoulder the middle of the night. Babe, psst, wake up. I think I've got MS. No,
2: is that was, what you did today? Without... I was
0: worried because I had pins and needles in my neck and okay. I did get tested for MS. So that was justified. Yeah, but didn't have it. I didn't have it. No, but it was justified.
2: Like everything else you've not had. And like today with the wedding, you went, babe, we've got so much to sort out. We haven't got enough time. I was like, it's eight months away. It's eight months away and we need to sort out chairs. Unless they're handcrafting the chairs See, our- out of elvish wood from New Zealand. Elvish wood doesn't even exist.
0: I've never heard of elvish it doesn't wood.
2: doesn't exist. Oh. That's the point. That's part of the joke that's how mad you are anyway (laughs) okay
0: so this is why i shouldn't have kids because i'm that worried about elvish wood that doesn't exist imagine what i'd be like
2: no what's a better thing to do is stop worrying about elvish wood we're going to find out that elvish wood is real anyway again let's move on Uh, i just want to shout out to an email we got this week uh from david uh who emailed us david (laughs) emailed us this week with a lovely message Uh, and i mentioned because it's the first bloke who's actually emailed in so it's It's nice that we have a bloke emailing in Mm -hmm. or or listening, full stop. I'll paraphrase what he said, but he's the father of two adult girls. And he said he'd never, ever considered about the fact that having a kid is a choice. Mm. It was more like it was just assumed it was going to happen. Now, he's all for kids, but it's great to see we're reaching people who, even though having had kids, feel like they're discovering something new. So...
0: We've done something good. Thank you, David. In fact, thank you so much for all of your emails. If we haven't got back to you yet, I'm so sorry. I guess the person you should be blaming is Bodge because he (laughs) controls the email account. But I promise you, we'll get around to it. (laughs) And I promise that we've read each and every one. And do you know what? It really is a pleasure hearing from all of you. We love... Honestly, love reading your emails. So if you want to get in touch, it's maybebabycast at gmail.com.
2: We'll see you again in about a couple of weeks for the next episode.
0: We're going to go and practice making a baby now.
2: You're so drunk.